This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, I'm Jason Dick, and this is the CQ on Congress Coronavirus Special Report. We are bringing you daily updates on the policy news you need to know using the reporting prowess of CQ Roll Call. It's Wednesday, April 1st, 2020. The coronavirus pandemic is sprawling and frightening, and it doesn't appear to be going away anytime soon, with the unimaginable now settling in to a disturbing new reality. President Donald Trump has called the pandemic the worst thing that the country's probably ever seen. The United States now has more than 206,000 confirmed cases of COVID-19, with more than 4,500 deaths already. In Washington, there's a growing sense that the more than $2 trillion stimulus package enacted last week won't be enough to stave off the looming economic crisis brought on by the pandemic. There is already bipartisan talk about a huge infrastructure plan that could potentially create thousands of jobs. Stock markets slid again today, with the Dow Jones Industrial Average dropping more than 900 points. We begin tonight with Mary Ellen McIntyre, our health policy correspondent on the latest health news. Hi, I'm Mary Ellen McIntyre, healthcare reporter for CQ Roll Call. Today, more states issued stay-at-home orders amid the coronavirus pandemic. Florida, a key state which experts warn could be the location of a future outbreak, directed residents to stay at home, a step which Ron DeSantis, the state's Republican governor, had resisted. Steve Sisolak, the Democratic governor of Nevada, as well as Tom Wolf, the Democratic governor of Pennsylvania, also announced stay-at-home orders for their states, following more than two dozen states that had previously done so. Their moves to issue stay-at-home orders come after the Trump administration expanded its recommendations for social distancing for another 30 days. During a Tuesday White House briefing, Dr. Deborah Burks, the White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator, said that the models the administration is considering show that between 100,000 and 240,000 Americans could die from COVID-19 if people across the country are social distancing and taking the appropriate measures to stop the spread of the virus. Hospitals, meanwhile, continue to try to deal with the onslaught of cases. Many in New York, the site of the country's current largest outbreak, have come up with ways to try to scrounge up more ventilators, including makeshift ventilators, like using repurposed anesthesia machines. Experts say that might be safer than patients sharing a single ventilator, which the administration yesterday advised hospitals they could do in emergency cases. Now, Jason, back to you. In the upcoming weeks, we're going to look at various policies and the impact the pandemic is having upon them. We'll begin tonight with our legal affairs correspondent, Todd Ruger. He recently dove into an important subject that may be overlooked, but has pretty profound implications, and that's legal aid and the coronavirus. Todd Ruger, welcome. Uh, let's let's just start by talking a little bit about the overview of how legal aid works in America and the Legal Services Corporation. Um, yeah, well, the Legal Services Corporation was started in the 1970s. Congress wanted a way to give uh, poor people in the country legal representation in civil cases. I mean, you have in criminal cases, there's a right to have an attorney. We all we all know that uh, if you cannot afford an attorney, one will be provided for you. That's the criminal context. 
in the civil context, there's no guarantee. Uh, civil context uh, cases that that poor people might find themselves in is an eviction, an unfair eviction. They might need a protective order from a, a domestic abuse situation. They might uh, th- their employer might have uh, just closed down and refused to pay them the the wages that they've already earned, uh, and they need to to find that. They might be the victim of a scam. Uh, and need to go to court to try to to get money back. And um, when you think about all those situations, they're they're hard. They can be hard to navigate. And a lawyer who is familiar with the system can help you do those things much quicker and easier. Uh, but if you can't afford an attorney, uh, you either have to do it yourself or you're just kind of out of luck. Um, and so the the what what Congress does is it gives the the Legal Services Corp um, a couple hundred million dollars a year. This this fiscal year, it's 440 million, uh, and that that money uh, then is gone goes out to about 132 or 133 uh, agencies in the state level, uh, who then provide the services to poor people across the country. Right, and and you know we should note too that it's I mean, it legal aid is predominantly utilized by uh, people at the lower end of the spectrum, but I mean like this is. This is something that uh, I mean, millions of Americans in general like have have difficulty with paying a lawyer for some basic services. So it's even the the need is really heightened, you know, when you get to people at the poverty line or like within the poverty line. Uh, yeah, that's right. And a lot of these um, a lot of these issues are are you only face when you are poor. Uh, you know, like an eviction when you can't pay the rent or. Um, uh, you know, or you need to apply for unemployment uh, in unemployment insurance, or uh, you know, those sort of situations. A lot of times, that, that only applies when you don't have money to even pay your rent, let alone a lawyer. And like you say, middle class, even the middle class, have a hard time uh, affording the hourly hourly rate for a lawyer in this case. And you know what? What's you know really interesting about your story too is that I mean you you use the the most recent stimulus, the Phase Three stimulus, as a jumping off point that Legal Services Corporation, which had actually been targeted by for elimination by the Trump administration, got a little bit of a boost uh, in in the stimulus uh, to so that you uh, legal aid uh, agencies and so forth can can use that to try to meet the need. But I mean, it's, it's almost like a situation that we're facing with the hospitals where. The need is just going to be overwhelming, uh, likely in in the event of you know, like if this, depending on how long the pandemic uh, goes on, because people can't work, they're going to go, you know, they're going to fall behind on their on their rent. I mean, it's it's the first of the month. There's a lot of people who are going to miss that payment, and so it's it's kind of a, it's almost like a drop in the bucket, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, you, that's that one of the I talked to um, direct, executive directors or or the people in charge of these agencies across the country. And, and uh, one of them actually used that exact phrase when it came to um, the $50 million that Congress gave them in this last coronavirus relief bill. Um, so they, so that, that bumped them up to $490 million for this fiscal year. And um, they, the Legal Services Corp had already requested uh, $653 million for for the fiscal year 2021 funding because they already have a, a large number of people who they can't meet the needs for across the country. Um, when I spoke to the director up in New York City, he said that um, they only are able 30% of the people statewide who need help, um, who are poor and need legal help uh, already. And so if you add 
a bunch of more people, first of all, um, a bunch more problems because of the coronavirus fallout. If, if companies are shutting down, people, you know, we've seen unemployment benefits spike already, uh, unemployment numbers spike already. And um, and then you add to that people might who might not have qualified now might qualify. So there might be more people to qualify. Um, and you're and you're talking about hundreds of thousands of people in New York State alone who might not be able to to get um, the you know help in in these legal cases. And and across the country, it could be you know millions of people who just can't get into court to defend themselves uh, when they need to. I mean, I know, you know, myself, like I was scheduled to be in a, uh, serving as a grand juror this week in, in uh, DC Superior Court and they canceled that. And that's just one, there's one example of, you know, like how the legal system has like everything, like all parts of American life really sort of ground to a, to a, not necessarily a total halt, but certainly a crawl. Yeah. And that's one of the things that these uh, executive directors that I talked to, said was was one of the hardest things about the situation. Uh, um, you know, I talked to the director down in the New Orleans area. I talked to a director in Cleveland and and uh, both of those areas were hit hard by um, disasters as well as the Great Recession in, in 2008. Um, and they and, and uh, you know, they said basically in these previous disasters, it's been really tough. Our funding has has dried up. There's been a lot of uh, people to serve, but we were always able to Number one, keep our office open and meet face to face with with clients, and that you know is much easier to get problems solved quickly. You have the paperwork there, you can sign it there, you have witnesses there, you have a notary there, um, and now they're trying to do things over the phone um, with a population or all over the internet with a population that doesn't necessarily have reliable internet connection and computer uh, because they can't they don't afford it and. Um, and uh, and so that this this is and then the other the other part is they these groups have community outreach so they'll they'll have a, a staff member or a lawyer at for instance like a domestic violence shelter and when when someone comes there and and as a victim of domestic violence they're able to say okay these are your legal options you know these are the things you can do this is what you need to to do to apply for protective order so they would go out in the community and find people who maybe didn't even realize there was a lawyer to help them um but that's now also been ended because of all the social distancing so offices are closed outreach is shut down uh as well as um just the the vast number of people they need to serve is, has blown up a lawyer saying we're all going back to law school now and recounting like that uh, usually, you know, when you draft up, say, a will, uh, you know, you, you, you know, you have to get a note you're notarized and you need to have witnesses and so forth. And one of the things that this lawyer said that they're finding out is that they can, you know, you can handwrite it and sign it and sign every page. And that's the, and that is a legal document. But I mean, we're, we're starting to go back to, you know, like common law practices uh, for, for a lot of this stuff, it seems. Yeah, right. And I mean, I think that the other interesting thing is um, when I've talked to these, these agencies across, you know, the decades, they, they, they like to, um, they, because they don't have a lot of resources, they like to pick cases that um, will, they'll be able to then use if they win, for example, they'll be able to use that as a precedent to help a lot of other people um, in the same situation. But this coronavirus is bringing a bunch of novel um, situations that 
uh, you know, nobody's faced before. So there's a lot of these, a lot more challenging litigation. For example, um, down in New Orleans, the director told me that uh, somebody had, a couple people at least had called and said, um, I have a, a, cu- a joint custody agreement with my spouse and my kid went over there for, to the, to the dad's house, let's say for, um, for that time. And then now the dad is, is refusing to take the kid back over to, to relinquish uh, control over the kid back over to me because they say, oh, well, there's this shelter in place order now. I think she ought to just stay here. And so there's a, you know, a, a new type of custody dispute brewing there. And, and, you know, courts have not looked at this at all. So it'll be, um, there'll be, and that's just one thing that's coming up now. Uh, I'm sure as this um, outbreak continues to to go on and and then relieves, hopefully sometime this year, uh, it'll you know the, these these different issues will keep popping up and and they won't all be very simple to to address. Todd Ruger, CQ Roll Call senior staff writer specializing in legal affairs. Uh, stay safe out there. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's our CQ on Congress coronavirus special report for this evening. We'll be back tomorrow with the latest. From all of us at the CQ Roll Call Newsroom, I'm Jason Dick.